Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters back on another special Friday episode with a very special guest. We're so excited to welcome in Arizona Coyotes head coach. I'm going to try my best with the pronunciation of your last name, Andre Tourigny. <laughs> Did I do okay? That's pretty good. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're, you're good. You're past. Okay, great. That's always a tough one. Andre, how many different pronunciations of your name have you heard this season? Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> that's where the bear is boring. That's way easier to say bear than anything else. So that's, uh, that's why. All right. I got to ask you before we get into some more serious questions. How did the Camelback Mountain hike go and what on earth possessed you to do it in the first place? <laughs> Yeah, I survived. I'm here. <laughs> so that that went well. Uh, but my my wife is in town with a friend, and they, they want to do it. I did it once earlier in the year, and I was not planning to do it again. But uh, they wanted to do it. That's so. a tough one. Life, 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 eh? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should ask. As long as you mentioned your wife, how have you guys settled into life in Arizona? What what were the hardest adjustments? What were the easiest adjustments? Oh. I think it's uh, the the schedule. The schedule on the NHL is a pretty heavy schedule. You know, you, you the traveling and the, the intensity of the schedule. Every second day is the game and um, getting the rhythm. That's that's the toughest for the life here. It's great. You know, we all know the weather, but as well, it's, I'm not a big downtown guy to be honest. I'm more a uh, suburban guy. And here, it's the way the city is built. You know, there you never feel your you're you're surrounded in the middle of the medicine, uh, not medicine, but the uh, Times Square or whatever. You know, yeah. you feel you you have room everywhere. I, I like hiking, biking, motorcycle, stuff like that. So, um, cannot ask for any better. Do you like? Uh, you mentioned motorcycling. Do you <laughs> do you ride motorcycles? Yeah. You do. This is like yeah. this is like a this is like a coaching tradition here because Dave Tippett used to really? actually build his oh, own yeah. motorcycles here. If you're gonna ride motorcycles, this is a great place to do yeah. both hockey and motorcycle riding. <laughs> I won't. I won't lie. That's uh, that's a pretty good setup. So there's nothing in your contract that prevents you from doing <laughs> yeah. that. Huh? Yeah. Uh, 
No, because I signed it, so from the <laughs> Well, you just returned um, to your old stomping grounds in Ottawa and Montreal. Did what did you get to do there? I know you were on a limited schedule, but did you have times with your family and friends, former colleagues? Tell us about your trip back to Eastern Canada. I was a pretty busy one for sure. You know, the spend a little a day with. Uh, one of my uh, boy uh, with JP and one with Leah and uh, my wife uh, on a Sunday. But uh, uh, on Monday, it was really busy. We had a, our team meeting in the morning. Then I went to my, the 67, my former team, uh, went to their game. So talked with the coach, the management, the, the upper management of the team, CEO, and we, we spent time together. Uh, I was pretty unique. And then watched a period of their game and then came back and, at the CDC, it's uh, it's a little bit like uh, in Ottawa. The, the rink is outside the cities in Canada, so time for uh, and the the 67s our building is right downtown. So uh, time for me to uh, go back at the CDC, the Canada Tire Center, and get ready for our game. I had family and my former team were in the stand for the game, and uh, again coaches and. Uh, Everybody was there, so that was pretty cool. And the next day, we're going to Ottawa, uh, to Montreal. So, arrive in the morning. Uh, again, I had family, friends, uh, some people during the day, and then went for uh, uh, the game. Saw my parents before the game, with my friends before the game, and saw the rest of my family, the rest of my friend after the game. So, uh, it was pretty busy. But you talk about the road trip, and you talk about the personal side of it. Let's talk about the hockey side of it. So you go on this road trip to play some pretty good hockey teams, and you come out of there with four wins. One, it was a difficult juggling the family personal with all of the things that playing those many games on the road entail. And then what was the message to the team? How were you able to get those wins on this road trip? That's a, But you know, the, you, you don't prepare a win in the morning of the game. You know, it's a buildup. When, when you get in the slump, it's not something happened today or yesterday. It's something was building up in the last days, week. You know, it, it's same thing for a good streak. It's not something we did on that trip. It's something we did before where we played better and we we gained confidence and uh, we worked hard and all of it. And then you get more and more confident. And now it started to build up. You win game and... It, it's growing, but it's not like, okay, now today we do things right. So tonight we're winning. That's it's more than that. You need to do things right every day. And that's the way to build up. So I think if you look since the, the, um, the all-star game, uh, even when we lost against Dallas or LA, we played really well. And then we beat Colorado and we, we played really, uh, we beat Ottawa here in the way we score a lot of goals, give us a little bit of confidence, and we go on that trip, and we start really strong in Detroit. And Phil Kessel's uh, story of <laughs> life, life, Evan, if you want it, it's pretty cool because Craig knows he's around the team. The guy's really like Phil, and he's a really good guy. He, he, nobody around the team don't like Phil. So to... Uh, to see Phil uh, at his age having his firstborn and being so excited and uh, being in a situation he did not want to let the team down and we had to tell him, hey, what are you, what are you talking about? You're, you're, you're going, you know what I mean? And he was so excited. That's what he wanted to do. But at the same time, he was 
it was kind of a do I let the team down? We the player told him and everybody told him, hey, don't worry about it. No, we got this. So I think the guys just give a little extra for him and sort of the trip really well. And then you go in Toronto. We have a lot of guys who are come from the area, so it's a little extra motivation there again and. Everything snowballed from there, and uh, that now you feel good about yourself, and now we're confident that we're playing better. And then we didn't play good at all against Ottawa, and we found a way to win. Uh, so uh, that's when you are confident; those kind of thing happen. You mentioned. Uh encouraging Kessel to go back and I know you were a big part of that and that goes to sort of what we heard about your coaching philosophy how you build relationships and I I wanted to go back to those stomping grounds again because you you spent a lot of time obviously in the Q and then in the O Um, how would you say those years shaped your coaching philosophy and your approach to players or even people yeah you know um, you need to be really competitive and and for me Competitiveness goes by always second-guessing myself, always thinking, how can I, maybe I could have done it better. How, what should I have done? Or is there a better angle? Even when you have success, when you have eight out of 10, you, you still have room for improvement. You need to ask yourself, can we do it better again? Whatever, whatever. So when I was in junior, I was always, uh, I coach back then, the, I started in 97, so it was tough back then. We were really tough. There were no such thing as taking care of the feeling of the player. That was that was a different era. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you grow, and at some point, you, your, your team has a kind of a setback, or you can see you show up at the ring, and the guys are – it's it's a burden. Oh, we're going to practice again, or oh, it's tough, or the grind of the season is heavier. And then you need to be critical of yourself and say, okay, how can we make better? How can? And then it's easy today, but you need to go back 15 years ago or whatever and say, okay, if you're getting soft, you're up. The the, the player will will hit you alive. You you were out in two weeks. You were dead. So you could not get soft, but we were kind of okay. Maybe we can have be looser a little bit. That was pretty tough. So how can I? And then you realize, okay, even if I'm more human, it's you know it won't necessarily hurt the team. It's the reverse. And then you 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 improve in that sense, and you realize at some point how important it is to not being soft. I'm still. Not, I'm really demanding, but you make a difference between the athletes and the person. And I say that a lot to my player, and I say that a lot. Craig Hermes said that before. For me, it's two different things. I can be really hard on the player. That doesn't mean I'm mad at the person. That doesn't mean I cannot take care of the person. But the player, he has a job to do, and there's no feeling. I often say that there's no feeling. In, the hockey game has no feeling. When the puck drops, it's not about feeling. It's about you have a job to do and you need to be focused and do whatever. That's your positioning. That's what you have to do. That's your read, whatever. There's no feeling there. But the the person might have feeling. You need to take care of his feeling because that might change his performance. That might might change the way he do his job. So when you start to separate that and understand that is you can be soft with the person. That doesn't mean you're soft with the player. So the player, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no feeling. It's uh, 
Phil Kessel had a bad game this year, he was bench. And he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. And uh, Clayton Keller played some game for 14 minutes a night early in the season. Because, in my opinion, that's no feeling. That's what he, he worked that day. Uh, but that doesn't mean I don't take care of the person. That doesn't mean I, I the next day I don't go see Phil and talk with him. And obviously he's not happy and whatever. But that, that's fine. We we talk, we sort it out. But the game has no feeling. But take care of the person. So that's my philosophy. That's where I grow. And uh, when I was... Uh, at some point, you have failure because your team, at some point, yeah, right at the end of the year, they have no more guys. They're mentally drained. So at the beginning, you, you bark at the player and you say, ah, oh, why they, they quit or they, they lack character and everything. But like I said, you need to be critical of yourself and go back and say, hey, what, what did I do wrong? Or what could I have done to make sure our player were energized at the end of the season or during the playoff or on the last stretch or whatever it is, at the moment you feel you had struggle or you could have been better. And you need to take the blame and be critical of yourself first. Did you always know you wanted to be a hockey coach? And what, what was it that made you follow this path within hockey? Well, yes, I, I don't know why it's, that's, I guess it's that's the coach here. We're weird. Yeah. I remember I was playing. I was maybe Pee Wee or whatever, and I was saying when I will coach, I will do huh. this or I won't wow. do that or whatever. Wow. I don't know what what was wrong with me, but uh, that's the way it was. You know, it's uh, always said uh, I will be a coach. I want to coach. Uh, I've always been in. I've had a lot of interest in leadership. Uh, how to become a good leader? How to be a good leader in the team? How how to inspire uh, people. So uh, I always liked that part. So uh, that's that was why well, soon I had a chance when I stopped playing. But actually, start coaching before I stopped playing. That's a little bit what lead to me stopping playing. I was not good enough first, but uh, <laughs> that I think the fact I could could coach kind of a give me the push I needed to stop playing. We don't know much about your playing career, actually. So uh, you tell us at Pee Wee's you were thinking about coaching already. Um, what, what can you tell yeah, us about your playing career? That's what I should have done right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was, uh, I was, I was uh, a, goal, a goaler. I was See? playing goal. I was a goalie until uh, junior. I've been draft junior major, but I did not make it. I played um, junior AAA in Quebec. And then after I transitioned, I played senior hockey and. Um, and then I stopped playing for start coaching. Well, you're talking to two goalies, clearly different level than that. But we we always yeah. say here that goalies see the game better. So we're, yeah. we're we've got you on our side. So that's good. You've had some success. You you had a brief stint as an assistant coach in the NHL, and then you went back and had success in major junior. Other than the obvious that the players are higher skilled. What are the major differences between coaching in junior and the NHL? And you could say on the ice or even things off the ice. What's the major differences between junior and the NHL? There's two, two things right away. The first thing is in junior, you, um, you do 20 things. You, you manage the school, you manage the billets, you manage their schedule, you, you teach them how to eat, you teach them how to train, you teach them how to stretch, you teach... You, you you do many 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 things in the in the NHL. You need special 
to be spe specific. And you need a guy who take care of your specialty and take care of your nutrition, take care of uh, the stretching, the everything. You know, you, you, you have, and those guys, they know, they, they already have more experience. Someone else taught them before. They have aging and all of it. They, they're not in the same stage. So it, I will say it's more specific. As uh, my job, I do less with the yodes than I will I was doing with the 67. With the 67, I was multitasking, and I did that before. And my first transition, first time I came in the NHL, uh, the first few months I was losing my mind because I was kind of I was feeling I was not doing enough. I was not helping enough. I I, I didn't want to help more. And then at some point I just realized, no, just be better at what you're doing. And everybody focus on what they have to do, and you need to be really professional and be excellent at what you're doing. That's that's your job, and you you get used to that. And now I was more prepared when I had my chance here. I knew what was my job, and that's my job. And um, my job here it's a little bit to supervise kind of everybody, making sure all the job are done. But uh, we have the best in the business on the fitness for our player. They take care of it. It's just my job to making sure. Uh, it's everybody's on page. Everybody worked the right way. Any attitude issue or anything, any concern, anything, I should get involved. In. And if the answer is no, perfect, job is done. Now we expect result. Uh, so it, that's one of the difference as a coach. But the biggest difference is with the player. Junior, I need to convince them. Uh, if you do that, I will help you. Not a professional athlete. Professional athletes want to be coached. You need to tell them, that's what we, we want you to do. That's why. And they do it. That plain and simple. They, uh, that doesn't mean they don't need a reminder. That doesn't mean uh, they will be efficient all the time. But that means they want to be coached. If, if I explain you where you need to put your stick in the D zone, and I don't, I don't have to convince you. That's why I just explain you. That's what you want your stick and everything, and you will do it. Which a junior player, he may do it once. The next time he doesn't do it. You need to babysit the, 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 the junior player more. You need to convince him. You need to stay all over him. You need to to sometimes force him to do it. Which which are pro athletes, if you, if he doesn't do it, it's because you really forgot. You really he, or it was a situation where he had another read. And he was afraid about another play. It was not a casual. The effort level of a mentally of a pro player, an AHL player, is way above a junior player, which is always a reminder. And you need to stay on top of them, which NHL player at some point is the reverse. They want to, you, they want you to leave them alone. Okay, I know, coach. Let, let me, I'm on it. Let me breathe a little bit. Andre, we talked about this before when I wrote the big story about a week ago, but just to rehash a little bit, this is not an easy situation to step into with the Coyotes, with the rebuild, with, with all the all the stuff that's happening off the ice. Um, and as you know, as we talked about with guys like Dominique Ducharme, he goes to the cup final, eight months later, he's out of a job. Coaches often take the fall when teams underachieve or are perceived to have underachieved. So with all that as backdrop, why Arizona? Why? What, what about this situation interested you you know I, the size of the challenge for me it's always about the the expectation when the expectation doesn't meet the reality whatever is the job whatever is that team i have no interest it, it's 
for me, I'm, I'm a pretty logic guy. I'm simple and has to be logic. You know, it's black and white. I don't have a lot of gray in my, in my head and I don't want any, and when it's gray, I, I will dig as much as possible to find out is it black or is it white. It's no, no gray. So um, when I came in Arizona, I was clear. The, 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 ch- the challenge is clear. The expectation are clear. The goal is clear. Everything is clear. So for me, what, what was important is to making sure with the people in place, they understood what it will be needed to get where we want. Because it's easy to say that we want a championship team. We want to rebuild that way. We want to build a culture. Okay, that's super easy to say. There were not one team in the world, whatever the level, from Wee to whatever the level, who will not say that. Now, do you really understand the challenge we will face? Do you really understand how tough it will be? Do you really understand and willing to take the hard decision? Who will cost us? Sometimes we'll make we will have to make bad trade. Well, because that will be for the best of the organization, the best of the culture, best of the where we want to go. When I say bad trade, in a sense of so either overpay or getting underpay for a player or whatever. Are, are we willing to uh, pass by a player because he doesn't fit in our culture? Are we willing to uh, be tough on cer- certain player because they don't play the way we want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. or they don't, they don't, um, you know, uh, show that the right pride to play for the organization? Because it's easy to say that during the summer, but you need people who are willing to do it when you're in the thick of it. When it's tough, you know, it, not when it's easy. When it's easy, everybody can talk about it. Everybody read a book and can repeat what's in the book. It's when you're in the heat of the battle, when you're in the trenches. Are you, do you have the character, do you have the courage to take the hard decision? And that was important for me. And by all accounts, when I talked to um, Bill, Javier, uh, Alex, Jr., everybody was saying, and I, like I said, I don't have a gray zone and make it really clear. That is what will happen. Is it a go or it's a no-go? If it's a no-go, I, I, I won't fit. I cannot make it. But if it's a go, I'm excited. We heard a lot about culture as well. That, that term, I, uh, again, that, that term gets thrown around a lot. But I know it's important to you. How, you, how have you tried to instill your culture here? And, and what does that culture look like? For me, it's... Uh, the, our culture here is has to be the hard work, but hard work with a purpose. Hard work sometimes is not physically, it's mentally. Hard work can be the focus, can be the preparation. But it's as well, I will still something we took from the GM of the Sun, is the 21 other hours, meaning the 21 hours they're not at the arena. How they eat, how they sleep, how they prepare themselves, how they stay focused, on their life habits to be the best as they can during the three hours they are during. That is what a culture is. The other thing for me in culture is the pride, pride of your effort, pride of the organization, pride of being the best version of yourself. And the last thing for me, it's accountability of all of that. You can, you can say everything I just said, but if someone doesn't do it, what are you doing about it? What, what's accountability? You know, that's it's it's might be easy to be a, to hold certain player accountable. That's not what I'm talking about. 
for for us the Clayton Keller is the first guy who has to be accountable. And Cal's it's my daily focus of if he's not working, I'm going at him. He knows. And he, I talk to him a lot. And if he's not working, he's the first guy to know. Because he's, he's one of the guys or is the guy who drive the bus. So he's, that's accountability. That's culture. And for me, the, the most important thing in the culture, we will know when we will have a culture. Because when we will have a culture, the leader of that, that team will put the expectation higher than Bill Armstrong, Andre Trini, Javier Gutierrez, and Alex Morello. When our player will say, no, no, that's not the expectation. The expectation are here. That means that's the way we practice, the way we, our fitness level, the way we compete during games. What we accept here in terms of behavior off the ice. When the leader will have standard higher than ours, now you can say, okay, in Arizona, we have a culture. That's the player own it. When the player will own our culture, now we'll, we will be able to smoke you just, a cigar and say, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned uh, Clayton Keller, obviously, is someone who's a huge part of this team, and we've seen his recent success, as well as Nick Schmaltz and Lawson Kraus. What is your analysis of the progress of the players I just mentioned, as well as players like Jacob Chikrin and uh, Christian Fisher, those middle core group? Yeah, that's a, I like the question. They, um, if every player, when you arrive, there's a different curve of success. You know, uh, Clayton Keller, everybody says, great. You remember he had six points in 16 games? He had six points in 16 games to start the season. But he was playing well. He was working hard. I was proud of him, and I told him, and I said, I was sitting, saying a lot in the media. And now he has a lot of success. He has point. Everybody say he's a great season. Yeah, did not start that way. Jacob Chikram was minus 29. Now he's minus 20. He's, he's plus nine in the last whatever number of games. I know I'm not a big stats guy, but I know one thing. Now he's playing really well. You know, he, okay, yeah, the top start. It's everybody talk about it. But lo- look how he plays since, I will say New Year, though. I don't know the date exactly, but he, he's, his game is really picked up and he's playing really well right now. So Nick Schmaltz is the same. Nick Schmaltz, uh, I don't think he had a point during training camp. And I think his first point was at game six, the game he got hurt in Florida. He had a he had a goal that game, that's it. So he had a, a point in about 10, 15 games. Uh, and then he had an injury and came back and uh, slowly but surely got better and better. So I think... Uh, we're we're really happy about the progression of all our young players. There's same thing for Baratit, and I can talk about Baratit. And yet, um, a really good camp. Get got hurt, came back, and we asked a lot to, at this guy. You know, he at 21 years old, playing against the best, taking these on face off all the time against the first line, all the key face off playing the first PK and all of it. And I was defending him all the time in the media saying, people were saying, hey, he's not producing. I was saying, do you understand what this guy is facing every night? He is facing Kopitar, McDavid, Bo Orvat, McKinnon, uh, Kaprizov, uh, Patrick King. That That is what's in front of him every single game. 
and he was even about even every night i was saying he does a fantastic job and then he got hurt and other guys had to step up and when he came back we had a different angle and we said it now we'll try to play him against the guys he should be playing at 21 years old he should play against the third line and sometimes the second line and having a more a 13 14 minute of ice time instead of having a 17 18 19 minutes of ice time against the best in the world and we were saying playing against those guys will give him opportunity will give him more uh, opportunity to try play to play with uh, more uh, not less urgency but less stress because you make a mistake again uh, Sidney Crosby or you're in big trouble it's coming which you play against the third line you don't want to make mistake but if mistake happen you may have a chance to recover so since then he's producing what no shocker, but in the same times, we're really happy to see the progression of of Barrett. So, uh, we're Fisher is the same fish since the since the um, the All Star break. He's a new player. He's playing with a lot of energy, a lot of drive. He's more physical. He's uh, playing against the top line every night, and you can see his speed, you can see his pace, and his energy every game. And when he got hurt, we we, we missed him. So I came back in Montreal, helped us a lot. So he, we always say he's an important piece in the, in the, the locker room, but yeah, he's an important piece on the ice as well. And he brings a lot of energy. So uh, the progression of our young player, it, we're really happy about it. And I think the big, big key in that is the leadership of our older player. I think I, I said it so many times and I will not, never stress enough on that. What's the beauty of our team is the leadership uh, we have in that team. Yeah, the 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 Strollman, the Beagle, Roussel, and uh, yeah, I can name a lot of guys. Ladder and all those guys. How important they they are to show the way and for their work ethic every day and the way they, they conduct themselves every day. I think all of that is something where we are really fortunate as a team. Andre, you talk about that middle core, and you, you described that to us. You talked about some other guys like Ladd, Beagle, Roussel, and, and this season has been a challenge for those guys in and out of the lineup. But what that has done is it's given you the next man up. And the next man up yeah. most recently is Matthias Michelli, who, to us on the outside looking in, he fits. The kid can play in the league. But you look on that list, it's J.J. Moser, it's Matthias Michelli, it's Jan Yannique, um, it's Spears. Like It's a long list. Ben McCartney has come up from the minor league. Um, can you tell us what the, the progress of that guy that's right on the cusp, right on the bubble of American League and the NHL and how their development works? And, and as are you proud that they've been able to just slide right into those spots? Oh, yeah, I guarantee. I think that's uh, that show how much uh, Jay uh, Verity, uh, Potsy, and uh, uh, Slane uh, how, how good they are out there and how good of a job they do in, in Tucson and uh, they, those guys they had a really good progression and when they arrive they can play they can play inside our structure they, they have a few adjustments but they, they can slide right in so uh, they do a really good job out there and we went they, they get hit out there because we had a lot of injury here but imagine they have their own injury plus we call a player all the time so uh, they had a really tough go there and they did a really good job with it. So uh, kudos to those guys. Great job. Uh, 
you know, there, there's player. I always say there's with, there's with, uh, sorry, when, or when he will figure it out. Okay. Or if he will figure it out, you don't know. There's player. If, if he figures it out, maybe he will be a player. There's other guys, you know, they will, they will figure it out. It's just a matter of time. Michelli it was a will when it went, sorry, not a will, but a when, when he will get more experience, he will play. He will play for us. There's some player, they were at the training camp, you were saying, if, if he gets stronger, if he gets faster, if he, if he uh, understand the game more, if he adjusts, but there's some when player. JJ Moore sure was a when. when. When he will have some experience in North America and the pro, he will he will be an NHL player. Michelli was the same. Was it's it's a when player. We know he will he will play. It was a matter of time for him to have an opportunity. We'll see with the numbers, but he brings a lot of skill to our team and uh, like his compete level so far. Andre, we talked about the adjustment for. For you from juniors to the NHL, um, one of those things that you mentioned, the condensed schedule, the schedule in the NHL is insane, especially when you coach the Arizona Coyotes because they always get fantastic schedules from the league. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the condensed schedule and the travel that you face, how do you juggle practice time, rest, all of that to make sure that your players are always performing at an optimal level? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the number of games... NHL versus AHL and junior ratio with the number of days, it's about the same. It's not a big difference. The difference is the intensity of the game. The intensity, the people from outside, you know, before I win the NHL, you will have to tell me that. I will have called BS. I will have said that. Ah, not true. <laughs> now I can tell you it is true because the level of details mentally you need to have in the NHL you need to really uh, be all in mentally and physically. And the the guys, uh, the other side, he's, he's big, he can skate, and he's as smart as you. So you need to be on top of your game all the time, every night, and it's tough. So it, it's a tough schedule, but how you adapt, you need, first of all, you need, we have Devin with us, with us uh, Devin, it does our uh, science and we have we monitor what the guys eat their level of energy everything they yeah, the, the the speed they move the load management all of it we we have all of those metrics and devin is uh, really good at managing that we have i will say not daily but every week meeting with devin and with z our therapist and with us the coaches who we can, We have to feel the player. We have to feel uh, how they look. They look because sometimes you you will have physically. They will say they're fine, and we're kind of no, they're not fine. They're tired mentally. They're they're mentally. It's a grind right now because every night you need to be on top. Because maybe you will play only three three games this week. Yeah, okay. You play Colorado and you play Toronto and you play Pittsburgh. Okay, you're exhausted. <laughs> Whatever you mentally, you need to be so tuned in to be in there. Or we have three game in the same week, or we're deciding the last five minutes of the game. Why? That's demanding physically, so you get drained. So especially if you lose two of those three, example, at uh, with three minutes to go, 
it's that's what happened in Boston. That, that loss in Boston drained our energy. Where we had frustration, we cannot sleep. Now you get up the next day, you're you're drained of your energy. So uh, there's a big part of the feel of um, of where's your team physically, mentally injured, injury. But as well, there's a part who belongs to the player in a sense of. In our team, it's I will be honest, it's easy because our guys work so hard. How many day off they need, they will have it because it's give and take. I there's no coach who has problem to give a day off if you know your team work that hard. That's that's easy. It's when your team doesn't lay everything on the line. Now it's always the okay. Now you're not working as hard as you can, but you want to get reward with a day off. That's a tough trade. That's a really tough trade. So as a coach, you want you just want your team to work as hard as they can. And from there, I have no problem. You need a day off, take the day off. That's I'm all good with that. But it's a trade. The, lay on the line every night, and then you can have your day off. Andre, it's the last one for me. And I, now that I know that you were a goaltender, it makes this question even <laughs> more important for me. We talk a lot about, we try to guess on our show, who is going to be starting goalie on the next game. I am usually wrong, but but <laughs> having said that, a couple of things. One, I, on the outside looking in, it looks like you have more of a tandem than you have a traditional starter and a backup. So it makes yep. that decision more difficult just to start there instead of, hey, it's our starter, he's going. And secondly, can you take us behind the curtain? How does that process work on who you are selecting to play in your next game? Like, what are some of the things yeah. that go into that decision? That's a good question. There's a, I wish it won't be, it will be a simple answer, but it is not in the sense of there's a lot of, uh, now I think it's going, the stats, advanced stats, who's going in that because uh, we have two different goalie. Uh, Wedgie is really athletic, he's really fast, side to side, is uh, reading the play really well. Uh, he has that strength. He's really good outside of his net as well to start to break him. Veggie is more uh, blocking style, big goalie, really good against traffic. When there's a lot of traffic, Veggie, get away with it. Uh, it, it that's his specialty. So if we have a weekend where a uh, certain night we play against a team who throw everything in the net and they have big bodies in front all the time, Veggie is a good fit. Uh, if we play against a team who a uh, high passing team, they a lot of pass through the slot and stuff like that. Wedgie is logically uh, a really good fit for that. Doesn't mean the other goalie cannot play against the other team. It's just like you mentioned, we have a duel. So sometimes we have okay, here we have four games coming. We have two opponents of a certain style, two opponents of the other style. While we match the style with the goalie we have, sometimes. Uh, that is can be one. Sometimes can be the fatigue. Um, sometimes as well can be uh, the streak of a goalie. Example, uh, start of season, Veggie was so good against LA. LA's coming this weekend. Well, um, a big chance Veggie will start that game because mm. uh, the, the history against them. So there's a lot. And there's as well uh, the, how the performance lately of the goalie and how they play, how they feel, and all the other ones. Sometimes the other one, can have a tough week in practice and struggle and don't have his best confidence right now. Uh, sometimes we'll have that discussion with Schwabi. Schwabi has a, 
80% of the call on the, on the goalie is Schwabi. Schwabi, often I ask him what you, what you think and give me his opinion. And I, I will say probably so far, 100% of the time I listen to, to Schwabi and we go with his, <laughs> with his gut. Now we have the most important part of the show for you, Andre. Um, and I'll let Leah take over here in a minute. Um, <laughs> we like to give Leah a lot of grief, first of all, because she's Canadian and she's from Toronto. So... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We, we talk about Canadian cuisine. Um, I'm really not sure what falls under that umbrella. I've been throwing a few things over my time covering the league and can't say I've been a big fan of the things that I've tried. So we're going to get your thoughts on a few things Canadian, but we'll bring Leah in for this okay. because you guys you probably have kindred spirits yeah, here. Yeah, so I just want to get your thoughts on these popular Canadian uh, food items. So the first one would be poutine. Which in that's, Quebec that's, is very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's Quebec stuff. That that cannot be any better. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> what about ketchup chips? Oh yeah, that's it, that's <laughs> funny because our our um, director of uh, you know, uh, Grifflin, our um, team service, yeah. sorry, his wife worked at the Ritz in Toronto. So when I arrive in my room. I had ketchup chip in Toronto. Oh, that's first class. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's first class. Um, all right. What about Tim Hortons versus places like Dunkin' oh, Donuts hey, or Starbucks? That's 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 no no brainer. That's not even, that's <laughs> See, not I even feel... close. That, I I had so many Tim Hortons that last weekend. I could not sleep. I think, for two days. That's uh, that's Tim Horton all day. I feel Wait, so, so supported. Tim Hortons before Dunkin' Donuts then? Are you a Tim Hortons guy, not oh. a Dunkin'? <laughs> yeah. Tim Hortons Tim guy, bets. not even close. Get that's the Tim a, bets. I know. When I, when I land and I take my car, that's the first stop. It's <laughs> Tim Hortons. Uh, if I had one thing I miss, really, is Tim Hortons. <laughs> I feel so validated right now. Thank you. I figured you would. You know, know. This, this is like support for Leah too. So thank you, man. I, oh, and then the last one. Can you tell a difference between Canadian maple syrup and maple syrup from like New England or America? Period. Uh, yeah. There's. First of all, we have a farm where we do our own maple syrup. Oh. oh wow. so, ah. And uh, you. You can ask the people here around because my parents brought me uh, maple syrup and different product from maple syrup when we were in Montreal. So uh, Dilly had a, had a chance to add a corn, a maple corn. So you can ask him, uh, Craig, but uh, no, there's a, there's a huge difference for me. But I, I, growed and, I grew on a, on, a, on a farm where we were doing our own. So I'm, I'm used to the, the good stuff. Do, they, do you actually sell it or do you, did your folks sell it? Yeah. Wow. I need to get hands on some <laughs> yeah, of that. We, we need to get our hands on some of this maple now we syrup. Have a syrup expert in our midst. That's yeah. fantastic. Other than that, Andre, I'm not going out to dinner with you because I don't agree with you on any of those choices. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. But uh, you could ask about the. Uh, Craig, you've been in Montreal? Yep. How's the odd dog in there? Shay Shaw, unbelievable. Yeah, those are pretty tough uh, to you, beat. Yeah, that's Ultra okay. Bell. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting, yeah. We're, there are no, we're narrowing the gap here. <laughs> yeah, we are, and and we're yeah, we're, and we're looking forward to having those at the draft. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Coach Cherney, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it, and we'll hope to have you back on again soon. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Thanks for coming, lot. Coach. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Andre. Thank appreciate you. it.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. Wow. Great stuff from Andre well, you know what that, We could have gone another couple hours. Yeah. No, I love like, talking so much. coaches. Yeah. So much you want to ask him. I have to say, like, I, there was a comment earlier, like, I would go to war for this man. Like, that's how I felt. I felt like I was watching him. I was like, no wonder they love him. No wonder the co- yeah. the players love playing for him. Like, I fully bought in. To- yeah. And I, when I did that story, you know, you, you talk to a number of sources when you when you dive into a, a story that's that length. And you just hear it over and over again. Yeah, he's an easy guy to like. It's true. You're, you're around Andre. You, you're probably going to like the guy. 99 out of 100 people are going to like Andre Turney when they hang out with him. I get it. And it, yeah. you, you get here now and you look at the standings, and we still see where this team is. We get it. But when you go into that last road trip and you see the effort that they put out and how much fun they're having playing and how hard they're working for a team that, let's face it, they're at the bottom of the standings, to still do that has to reflect somewhat of what the coaching staff is doing. It has to. Otherwise, you got guys quitting. And you've seen that too when teams quit when it's when it's struggling and when it sucks. It's a testimony he's doing. So, so congratulations to him. I mean that I that was a that was a lot of fun. And more importantly, Leo won. Leo won the bet. I did. I went. Can, I we, can any can of we, you we'll say it the way he says it? it. I, yeah, I, we'll have to go we'll clip, have to clip it. it. We're talking about the word opportunity, opportunity, and there's a way that Andre says it that, first of all, French is a great language. It's the most beautiful language I think on earth. And Quebec French is its yeah. own thing. But then when you hear when you hear Andre say opportunity, and I still can't pronounce it the way he does, you think that's the way it should be pronounced in English too, because it just sounds better. <laughs> B said he blew my preconceived notions out of the water. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was he was good, and I and, and yeah. I think Leo first has to cut that. We need to have it in the show. When, when are we on? Do we have a game T- tomorrow? Soon? Tomorrow, buddy, There's and Sunday. <sighs> it's a long weekend. PD okay. side. Well, no, PD we'll, side get, count. we'll need to get that cut and, and put it because that was really that was really good. It was a great. That was fun. Yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed and, that. And I appreciate him taking the time. And yeah. like, you know, they practice today and they're just getting off that long road trip. And, and for him to take the time with that, I, I thank him. And make sure you do that, Craig, for all of us at PHNX. Will do. Absolutely. Well, before we move on, I'm wearing my Back the A shirt because Arizona plays today in March Madness. And March Madness is here. It's already been crazy so far. And this week at DraftKings, new customers who bet $5 on any college basketball team to win can get $200 in free bets. If they do, if you're an existing customer, you can bet on college hoops with same game parlays. So, so much you can do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Just be careful when choosing that team because there were a lot of upsets yesterday. (laughs) Um, So, bear down. Bet on Arizona tonight. And uh, that's a reminder that's promo code phnx when signing up for the DraftKings sportsbook app bet five dollars on any college hoops team to win get 200 in free bets if they do that's 21 and over arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only minimum five dollar deposit eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details all right well man i'm just yeah that was, that, good that was, was a really a awesome to do by the way, don't we have more merch coming? Can we even talk about the merch that's coming? I don't know. I don't know we can yet. Well, okay. I do well, know that there how's are. How's that for a tease? I do know. So yeah, more I know, merch. I can tell merch. you. And maybe it's not just. Maybe, maybe we're branching out of just t-shirts. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But hmm. also stickers. Uh, there's now Phoenix, which is this the Phoenix guy. Stickers. Phoenix yep. stickers. I think you just We've get heard about that. sent them with anything you order. So. Be sure to order from the PHNX Locker. There's so much amazing stuff on there. You can get this incredible shirt. Shout out to yeah. all my U of A people. Yeah. Or you can get this incredible shirt. There you go. <laughs> Craig. 
Man. Well, any final thoughts from either this interview or just looking ahead to this weekend against Pittsburgh and San Jose? Yeah, not so much the games as what's coming Monday, the trade deadline. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more in earnest on the next couple of shows, but I'm curious to see how it all plays out. We keep hearing that there's not a lot of money in the market right now, and yet, you know, you're seeing some deals trickle in. Brandon Hagel goes to Tampa Bay today. That's that's a big deal. I've an eye-opener for me, to be honest, mm-hmm. what the Blackhawks got in return. There have been a couple other big deals, Calgary and Colorado, but we'll see if uh, a few th- things uh, shake loose this weekend or on Monday right at the deadline as more money becomes available. Yeah, and, and we'll, be, we'll be the first ones, and we'll be maybe the only ones to talk about what's going on here in Phoenix. But having said that, I, I'm just not sure how active Bill Armstrong and the Arizona Coyotes are going to be because of the names that we had discussed virtually the entire season, are injured. And, and it's hard. I know Jacob Chikrin's on the verge of coming back, and but he's still not. And, and it's hard to put up those kind of, you know, the asking price they're asking for to give that up for a guy that's not playing tomorrow. That's hard. And, you know, where's Johan Larson? And, you know, is Beagle a yeah, guy? Yeah, that one's interesting to me because Bill told me they he thinks he's, they're going to be right back at, right after the deadline. But Andre said today that it doesn't look like days. Yeah. It looks like a little longer. So I'm not sure if there was a setback there. Well, you know, we'll see. I I still think if, if you think a player is coming back like a Johan Larson, I mean, it's about the playoffs, right? You want to get him in for some games to mesh with your team, but that's a guy that can help you. But even guys like that, Johan Larson, Jay Beagle, we're not talking about guys that are going to bring a big haul, even a Phil Kessel at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Jacob Chikrin is the big name to watch. And I, I'm just, at least right now where things sit, it feels like that's going to be more of the talk at the at the NHL draft when yeah. you've got 31 teams that could possibly get in and not, instead of just a handful. I agree with that. And especially now that we saw um, Florida make a move for defensemen just the other yeah, day. So, so it's kind of that there. whole thing. Yeah. And like Boston and LA, you've heard, I'm sure, yeah. from a number of people that are they're interested. But will they pay the price that the Coyotes want? I don't know. You, when you're only dealing, again, with a, a handful of teams, it's, it's much tougher to make a deal happen. Do you think, though, and I know it's been kind of quiet for the Coyotes recently, it feels like a few weeks ago is when they were making a bunch of moves. This team right now that's going to dress tomorrow against Pittsburgh is going to be different than a team that dresses at the end of next week. Like, do you think there's going to be any moves at all? I mean, frankly? see, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know how GMs view the the Beagle and Larson injuries. You, you, I mean, you know, you check with, you get the medical reports. You want to, you want to be very confident that you're making a deal when, with a guy that's going to actually play for you in the postseason. Um, but I, yeah, I could see a couple of moves. I could also see the Coyotes taking on contracts, you know, or being a facilitator for a three-team trade, things like that. There are other ways that yeah. they could get involved in the trade market, so we'll see. And I think it'll be more more exciting to watch, as a hockey fan, what the teams that we talked about last week that are looking to make the playoffs and look to make Stanley Cup runs, be more interesting to see what those teams do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, does Colorado do anything else? The Florida's made a defenseman move. Tampa made a minor move. Do they make Calgary another move? Calgary made a couple moves. So you a bunch know, of them have yeah, yeah. have to try to keep up. This Calgary, like... I think that's going to be a lot of fun to track, too. And where can they hear about the trade deadline news? Yeah. <laughs> At Craig S. Morgan on Twitter, always. Are we, we going to have a show? Yes. And okay, we will. Just well, asking. You that's 40 in a row. I gotta, yeah. It is. That's, that's crazy, four right? live shows in a row. We're going to go live Monday after the deadline at some point. Yeah, we're yes. working on a time yet. <laughs> yes. Depending you know, on what happens right. on Monday. Things so. happen. There's availability. Could be earlier. Things like that. Could be later. We'll. Yeah. But we will be live Monday to break it all down, not just what happens here at the Arizona Coyotes, but also the big trades across the NHL on Monday. So if you need that news, 
we'll be here for you. Absolutely. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports. Hit the notification bell so you never miss it, uh, miss an episode or anything like that. And be sure to become a member at gophnx.com because Craig goes a lot more in-depth on everything that we talk about. Again, if you love that interview with Andre Turney, go ahead and read Craig's story. You saw how great of a quote he is, and that translates a lot in Craig's story as well. So become a member today. And you can get access to the members only Discord as well. PD, how are we doing in our members only Discord March Madness pool? Not, you and I are not, not doing well. Not great. <laughs> no. Better than I am in the PHNX staff <laughs> when I'm dead last. Yeah, so not great. Not good at buckets. But you know no what? Idea. Another day ahead of March Madness. So no, there's, not good at that. There's always a chance to recover. Yeah, so if you're in the Discord, we'll talk about it later. We'll wait and see. There's a lot going on yet today. Um, well, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Inching closer to that 3,000 follower mark. And the PD drop. I feel like... Cha- you know, we're going to change the ask, because clearly that ask is not motivating people. Let's do something else. How about that? Mm, how we'll about that about and weekend. something We'll else. talk about it this weekend, because clearly okay. that didn't push the needle. So let's... It doesn't mean you're, it you're seems off to the hook, work. buddy. I will say this, because I've watched statistics, the advanced analytics, as Bear said. When we have Craig do shit... More people come on. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about me, clearly. We've had that up for weeks. Nobody well, cares. It's just a flip side to this. Like, no, why, why do Craig. people want to see me suffer? I don't know. <laughs> I want to know what's going on hey, there. Hey, I was so. just thinking about when, really want to move yeah. the needle, when Andre was talking about the maple syrup, I was thinking about the maple syrup challenge from the Discord, which I have not forgotten. I just want to I tell you, which we just been, well, we've been so busy. Literally. There's so much going on. Yes. But we need to get our hands on some of his family's yeah. maple syrup. Oh, I agree syrup, with that. And that needs to be included in the taste test. Yes. So, okay. So, you got to get on We'll make that That will be my mission. And also to buy like a king size bottle of log gammon for for leah to just stop in my pantry just drown her pancakes in might even be store brand no i I, I could just get liquid corn syrup if you want store brand with pretty much what it is i'm gonna end this right now before i throw up um thank you all so much for tuning in be sure to like subscribe and follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast we'll be back tomorrow for a post-game show after the Coyotes-Penguins game on Sunday and Monday. So tons going on. Follow along. We appreciate you all. Thanks for watching, and have a great Friday.